Blog Talk Radio. What's good? What's good? It's your boy Omar back for another version of King Vision. Vision of a King. <clears throat> Hope you had a good day. Had a very wet day. It rained a lot. Um, but yeah, overall it was a pretty good day. Kind of tired, but thank God for the energy to burn. So uh, today I actually had a topic, uh, very loose, of course. I'm not a, I don't like really saying I got a topic of a certain kind, but uh, you know, it's it's kind of a situation. I got QB already. What's Yo. good? What's good? What's good, bro? I can't call it, man. Holding the road on this stormy day. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a little, it's a little ugly out. Yeah, man. Right. Or, or love depending on your perspective. Right, right, right. Oh, and we got all good. We got all good. Yo, all good. You unmute him. Nah, he not he's not muted, but he probably can't. He I can't hear him anyway. But uh um, But you all uh, Yeah, man. I um so today is pretty much <clears throat> regular freestyle, but on uh cooperation and having your own. I was listening to uh, uh are you familiar with SETI? Yeah. I was listening to uh one of his uh you know talks. And he was talking about um, cooperation and, and people having certain things. And in order for it to work, you got to be willing to do certain things and have certain things and function independently. And that, that just kind of took me to a place on just general cooperation and having your own. Because it's like you want to you want to cooperate, but then you want your own thing, too. Yeah, but how do you get to a mentality where it's like, well, you you are a part of that thing, so you have your own thing, but it's something to be shared. It's almost a we 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 we've gotten to a place pretty much where having your own thing is valued over a cooperative a cooperative situation. Well, well, part of that to give it some context and a little bit of teeth to our conversation, um, outside of the dominant culture or the dominant community, I'll say I don't want to say culture because um, they like that, but outside of the dominant community. Um, other communities have not had opportunity to um, exist independently um, or pursue existing independently. Um, mm-hmm. So that always creates that difficulty. So um, part of where we are with this kind of individual individualistic mindset is literally a, a, a turn on his head uh, situation. Like this is not who we are. Like we still try to work with each other and keep hold our families down and see, you know pull people up with our resources, but that's not how our community is oriented for the most part for those who are movers and shakers. So, bruh, does anybody feel you, man? I feel you. Yeah. And I was just, well, I had a, I had a, um, I had, I had a couple situations, um, where, you know, uh, went out of my way to make sure that if I'm in a position to, you know, cooperate with you. I'm going to do it some, most of the time for free um, right. if I'm positioned to do it. But, you know, when you look across the board, it's almost like it make you hesitate to be on that because 
you will cooperate, but then when it's time for your cooperation, it's a whole other situation. And that, and, so, that's, and that's literally where our community has lost, like, um, we don't have a play space or um, type of engagement even with each other that can support those people who, um, within their individual selves, do not fulfill what it means to be both an individual collectivist. Um, mm-hmm. That's really the orientation you're talking about, where we know that our individual um, pursuits and, and desires are contributing to a larger something that's actually beneficial to the whole. So that's one thing about this whole American system that's very different than any other system um, known to mankind as well as the world, which is um, contributing to a system that will hegemonically affect you. So it's kind of like we contribute to a system every day that at the end of it is going to possibly give you cancer and, and kill you um, versus um, investing something that, oh, no, nah, at, at the end of your life, um, it's going to be awesome. You get to retire early because um, you did so much for the, for the place that you live in and so on and so forth. So uh, it's a fucked up kind of situation. Word, word, word. And then we got we got all good in. Is that you there all good? Yes, sir. Can I hear me? What's going on? What's good? What's, what's good? good? What's good? Not much, much, but I can't complain. And the, and the topic tonight was pretty much talking about uh, just community co- cooperation as far as like business and having, you know, our, a, step, a community and having um, pretty much people cooperate towards a common goal for the betterment of the community. Um, but then also the mentality of the Western, the Western mentality of having your own. Um, and so how those things kind of conflict and it's, it's hard. You, and you kind of pretty much caught QB in the middle of his piece, but I'm going to just continue it with, it's pretty much for me, it gets, it gets kind of hard because time is not something that's infinite and you never really know. So it's like, you don't want to really waste your time for that person who, you know, going to turn around and, you know, like I said, when it's your turn, they're not going to do it. So it's like, like I said, it make it hesitant. And it's like, well, if everybody hesitating like that, well, there you go. Like you said, that kind of explains the whole, explain the whole thing. But it's almost like when you see successful entities, you see that it's a group for the most part. It's never just right. one person. Even if it's that one person that gets the face of it, he got a solid squad behind him. So it's like what make people right. stop? And they, and they see it work with these rappers. So what make people stop and say, dang, you know, we could do the same thing with anything. It could be property. It could be uh, having a business. It could be literally anything if you got the people that's willing to cooperate. That's facts. Like, um, me and my uh, buddy just had a conversation about that last night. Like, we just came to an agreement. Like, there's really no one who's, like, really truly self-made. Like, you may have, like, the face of the, like of a brand or a logo. Like, it just take Drake and OVO, for example, uh, that we were talking about last night. <clears throat> Without his team, Drake wouldn't be where he is today. So, everybody needs to have a solid team. And then, like, as far as, like, it happening within our community, it's kind of a struggle. Is is really kind of a struggle, and part of that struggle, um, really, it, it still goes back to like not having that larger base. Um, from my opinion, not having that larger base um, along with those people, because like even when we're seeing those people who gather those teams become successful, um, from my vantage point, um, similar to what Amiri Barakwa said, but um, vice versa, like we're going into the white world with a, a collective or a, 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 a troop, if you will. We have our brigade, brigade to go on this journey, and we even have learned that that's kind of the only way right now for that really to happen. You need to have somebody on your legal team. You need to have your producer. You need to have your writers. You need to have that's, 
that's how you explore the entertainment field right now. And um, that's how they want it as far as those who are in control, because you still are coming to a foreign place uh, with the help. Those who have committed themselves to contributing to this. Uh, what you guys are speaking to is it's hard to get people to commit to it, but um, the whole system is built for every individual to have to be a part of the rat race as an individual. Well, but it's still it's really still hard for me to understand why if say you went to sneakers and flipping sneakers and maybe you well I guess sneakers is a hard example because most people into the sneakers not in, they're not into it, into it for the money, but. Just really, like I said, any kind of thing, like, 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 like both of us be talking about, like all of us be talking about. We we all connected to at least uh, two to two to four males that we have a connection to with all different skill sets. And why is it that those skill sets don't always come together to create a product or to create a situation, even though it's so much talent present? Let's not even get into the big group me. Like, come on, like that that is so many people. It's like if that if that force alone was to put a financial uh uh, uh put in place a financial some kind of financial uh uh obligation towards the goal, it would be ridiculous what the outcome would be and how the lives would change and every person that's putting in on that one thing. So I still it still be and again that's what the conversation is. What is that thing that make people say well, nah, I can't do it. I can't fully commit to it. Mm. I would say, like, from my perspective, um, I think a lot that has to do with it is, like, a, a trust. And I don't think that's more so something that's, like, <clears throat> someone has formed, like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to trust that person. I think as far as, like, we're speaking about our community, it's something that's being conditioned into the subconscious not to kind of trust your own. Yes. In a sense. And yes. that's what I pretty much see. And, like, I had to kind of come to this realization that, like, wow, like, I have to really make leaps and gains for someone that looks like me to trust me and and, and to understand I'm not going to be trying to do anything to get over on him. I want to do something to help better him and bring us up together. While, while, while also having a superficial or abundant trust for those who don't look like you, um, actually – um, took my mom to task on that a little bit this weekend, um, respectfully, of course, but kind of, you know, hold on, you had so much, you know, skepticism or criticism or, you know, let me keep my eye out for this person because I'm not sure they have your best interest, but you were, you know, willing and free to send me off to the, the white, you know, female teacher counterpart and understand like, oh, no, 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 I'm a teacher now, so I know what that white female counterpart could do. I've watched the news. You know what I'm saying? I've seen them having sex with these little kids and stuff like that. So these are the, this is the B side of the game that um, this is where my trust kind of goes versus um, the initial, oh, no, I trust you wholeheartedly. <laughs> yeah. So, like, how do, you, how do you go about trying to build a trust in situations like that? And let's not even get to, because another thing to be taken into um, consideration, like you said, We've been on a level uh, socialized to fear one another and not trust one another. But then also, even within the circle of trust, the dysfunction that exists because of some of the things that's going on um, and some of the things that are at play as far as um, just being, being a color, a person of color in the world. 
So right. you got all of these things kind of spinning at one time. It make it hard for you to even focus on one thing long enough to, or one person long enough to gain the trust. Absolutely. Um, but that's why I feel like, that's why I feel like um, the individual collectivism, um, having that self uh, grounded, um, our best moves and those people who have made it, have made it in ways around the money. That's where we, a lot of us get caught up early in the game. What you're speaking to, to me is, uh, um, we're trying to go to this end place, and it sounds good, bro. But I need to eat today, and I got I got right. these kids at home, and I got these expenses to come in. Like rent ain't cheap; it ain't never gonna be cheap. So um, we don't have a place anymore. Yeah, I remember like generations before. Literally, I could be like, look, 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 Omar, man, I'm trying to start this like record company thing, and you got talent. So what I need you to do is I need you to move to Detroit, Michigan. Okay, I'll take care of your food. We kind of eat at home as a family, but we're gonna just focus on music. You're like, okay, you take care of the major things that human beings need, man. I'm on my way. Right. We don't have, you know, we don't have that no Motown no more. Like that's not, that's not the way they're allowing it to move, or it can happen. But people got to be able to trust that idea. Um, we even heard about the exploitation from Motown, similar to exploitation from um, Drake's kind of hit factory. So, I mean, it's we want to do something that um, I believe that there was way more levels to it. Um, one thing I, I think is that hey, everybody didn't rock with it. There's some people that were like, yo, this whole Egypt shit is cool, but y'all be doing a lot of work that y'all benefit from. I'm going to go off and do my own thing. And they did. Right. right. Hence, hence the rest of, of the world. Right, right. It was like, yo, <laughs> this, whole, this whole civilization shit cool, but like, I want a different structure. Right. Or y'all doing too much. I'm trying to just chill. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to chill. Right. I don't want to think. I don't want to pray. I'm just trying to chill. Exactly. And it's it's, 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 right. Y'all all all godly. (laughs) (laughs) But but, um, so how do you how do you go about when it comes to these situations? Because another thing at play, um, like you said, people on different levels, and even when like you're taking it back to the metaphor of the music industry, you know Drake. Well, Drake's a different. I can't even use Drake. Uh, some of Jay Z's not gonna just uh, jump on a record with anybody, and you know you gotta be kind of proven on the level before he gonna just do a verse with you. Uh, right. You gonna have to. You gonna have to have that gift to a point where he he almost challenging himself just by getting on the track with you because you really gonna smash him. So how do you, when you got when you got guys coming in with different levels of income, different levels of focus, different level levels of business sense. How do you pull these people together in a way that they can be productive? Because with all the different, you know, the people with even the ones that think they have more business savvy going to have more to say. And, um, and of course, depending on how the financial structure is, uh, really, unless it's everybody putting in equal, uh, whoever's putting in more money would feel more say, and that's understandable. But how do you right. pull that diverse set of abilities and, <clears throat> and realities into one tunnel just to focus it, to get it done? I well, think. Go ahead, brother. No, no, you go. You go ahead. You go ahead. I was. I think like it's it's like a multitude of things. For one, being with our community, it takes a certain level of humility because, I like you said, one person may think they have more business sense than the other, but you really have to like great teams are great play that lane. They don't. They don't like the producer is not trying to be the rapper. 
you know what I'm saying, or the rapper is not trying to be the producer, that's not his strength. So I think it takes a certain level of humility. Also, too, um, in my opinion, I think it takes a certain level of vulnerability, too, because you have to be able to open yourself up to the point where someone can tell you something so you can continue to learn. Because when you're in a team setting, like, it, it and you have so many egos, it's kind of it's kind of hard for somebody to want to try to listen to somebody because they want their idea to be taken in consideration or they want their strategy and their method to be uh, implemented. So I think for me to get to get that 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 bond together, it takes humility and it takes a certain level of vulnerability. Yeah, I was definitely gonna speak to that humility part a lot more because um, I think we now live in a generation that is kind of suffering from the fake it till you make it mantra. Um, because you know, we have people who, at the current level you are, to engage with people and create those networks and possible growth, you know, collaboratives, um, you got way too much going on that you're not at that level for. So even in, like, my world of scholarship, like, I don't have any other, like, graduate student answering my email or booking a person who gives me email. Like, when you contacted me, you contact me just because of the respect I have for uh, where I am and, and what I do. So it's kind of like, uh, I'm not at the level yet where I'm getting enough requests where I can't respond personally. Um, when that day comes, I'll have to change the way that I operate um, a little bit, but you still want to keep yourself in, as a part of it. You got a lot of people right now who just want to emulate Fortune 500 companies, and it's like, well, you see how people feel like when they deal with that, you know, paying their bills? They don't want to deal with you uh, as a Fortune 500 company just trying to start up the little, you know, creative space or a studio, like, people don't have time for it. People want, you know, stuff so, outside of the, the, the status quo, and while some people really want to emulate the status quo to get that money. And emulating that status quo, I tell you what, I tell you what, if, if, if nothing else don't get us <laughs> in, in hella trouble, it's that bullshit. Hey, emulating the status quo, um, It'll get you a couple of dollars, but it won't it won't sustain you. Because one thing you learn very quickly is that um, while while they want more of the same, what really gets the dollars going is the things that challenge them to figure out how they can make it more of the same. So even if you look at like, just going outside of Dave Chappelle's recent comedy, like now they understand Dave Chappelle's comedy, so he can come back. See when he was doing the show on, on Comedy Central. Like, he was doing something so nuanced. It was like Flip Wilson with so much hip-hop in it that it was like, what in the fuck? So he got, like, right. two good seasons off of it. And then they start figuring out, and the third was like, no, we got to bring some, some of our little season on. We got to put our little, uh, our little, our little uh, what do you call it, uh, gum, a little season of gumbo for ourselves. And right. he tells us, all right, y'all got to figure my shit out. And he, and he called it out, and that's the thing I think the and best he called part it about out. it. But that's the thing, even yeah. when you take it musically, like, um, Future's kind of calling out the whole, like, everybody's going to take the sound. T-Pain called it out. Like, you're trying to kill autotune, but it's about to come, bro. Like, everybody's about to do this. Um, so right. try, trying to be filtered out. That's what happens a lot of times in these team, teams, too. Like, people wanting to filter, like, oh, I'm, I'm going to start my team at 30, and I'm going to filter it up to five, and we're going to be the top five out of the team. It's like, that's not the point of a team. Right. The whole the whole situation be crazy and like like I said, that emulating the status quo across the board. I'm talking about to a point where like like 
you, people don't think about, and I guess sometimes people don't care, but it's like, all right, so I'm a rent a Bentley, or I'm a um, I'm a uh, get a Lambo. It's like, bro, them shit's got terrible gas mileage. And then, like, come oh, on, bro. I'm, if you if you if you my height, it's not a it's not an option. Like, come on, bro. Like, so it's like you gonna really just to you know what I'm saying? It's like the level of and even when it comes to it just across the board, man. It just it, it it gets so out of hand where it's just like, bro. I don't know. I, I it just it get crazy. It just get crazy. Omar, Omar I, I asked a while ago in the group me like, in doing some of your business practices to some of the bros, um, do you ever find yourself in like those kind of moral gray areas? And what was unsettling to me is like dudes didn't know what I was talking about. And it was like, oh no, no, no. Like when I was a classroom teacher. And I had an option at the end of the semester, end of the school year, to pass or fail some of the kids. Like, that's a moral gray area for me because it was like, yo, I know why this kid can't read. He in 11th grade. Ain't, he, he ain't stopped. He wasn't unable to read just last year. Like he ain't – somebody been passing before this. So is what do I do with his life right now? So I'm in this moral gray area. But the issues I find with these teams is that, like, we've been taking on so much of the status quo that – we don't have these more gray areas no more that we can circumnavigate just being our people. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. Like that's yeah. how they do business, but that's how we gonna do business. Exactly. And that's why I say that's not our nature to move like that. Nah, so, now we are in a place where this is how business is done and that doesn't even bring the question how business is done. Right. Cause even when I you remember step practice and they, they probably still got it like that where it's like if you don't get this step by this practice, you ain't stepping. And that's yeah. it. Like, period. Sorry. Ain't no learning curve. You ain't stepping. You might get so, it later on. We might add you back. Right. Maybe. Maybe. As a sub, possibly. Yeah. But come on, man. You, you, you get to wear the warm-ups, but you make it that DMP did not play on your on the roster sheet for you. Right. <laughs> It's all good, but that but that uh, that uh, warm up does not come off. <laughs> no, no. Think of a bad uniform, change the board. But yeah, man, it's it's it's, it's difficult to get people. It's difficult to get people on the on the wave, and um, I know people. It'd be a lot going on, and it's a lot. It's a lot at play, but um, it's just it's like I said. It's it's just so beneficial and 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 uh. The the what I was listening to, he was he was talking about currency too and having you know, people having their own currency and how Africa's such a rich and uh natural resource rich uh place. That, you know what I'm saying? Facts. It's just like he was like, Why would I why would I as far as having a homeland, why would I choose America as a homeland? And it was just an interesting conversation, but you know, some of that I was thinking about. I was like, well, you know, the people in that homeland don't rock with us like that, bro. So, <laughs> I mean, some of them do, but you know, it's, it's not a, it's not, it's not a hundred percent. But at the same time, it's so much propaganda with that because I be talking to these African kids, and the shit that they say that they hear about Black Americans is some other shit. It's the same oh, shit white oh, people think about Black Americans, oh, <laughs> and it's fucked up. Like, dude, straight said. His dad told, or some people told him that uh, he don't need to be getting like riding around with black Americans because he's gonna get he's gonna have drugs in the car, he's gonna go to jail, all kind of shit. I mean, the crazy thing about it, Omar, is like what we're talking about and what you just connected to 
is all together. Like the illusion of white supremacy, the whole point was divide and conquer. And that was from macro to micro. So it's kind of like from my individual interactions to our large group country interactions, black people don't trust each other. We we hear rumors and we believe them. Like, bro, if you ever want to black, break, break, break up a, a friendship of black people, get a white person to say somebody said something about it. <laughs> <Bang>. <laughs> That's how you're gonna break them up. That's how you're gonna always break them up because it's kind of like, oh, I believe what they said. They said that I was X, Y, and Z, and it's like, bro, I was telling you that you weren't, or I, that's not what I said. And nope. It's very interesting that you say that because, like, I, I see that happen so often. And the the part about it, I started to realize and understand, like. It's so easy for like a lot of people in our community, um, like for their mind to gravitate towards negativity, or to gravitate towards the 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 the, the worst case scenario, and yep. not really take the time to look outside of what's happening, to step back and really do some research. Absolutely. So, going well, into oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. And part of the reason why they don't do that all good is because that takes time. So a lot of this collaboration that we do not do or don't have opportunity to do is because we don't have time to think outside of our jobs or outside of what's required tomorrow to like, you know what? I can do this somewhere else through a collaborative effort. And it'll take way more off my plate. I just do what I love. Facts. And Facts. And with this, with this thought of collaboration, another kind of uh, angle, um, and I definitely want to hear y'all's opinion, um, is the idea of, you know, the LGBT and trans community that is present now and collaborating with that because there's some, there's some people, especially males, that's really not trying to collaborate with nobody that's gay. So it's like, you know, people got different feelings towards it, and it's like that that alone is another kind of divide and conquer in itself because the masculinity in the black community is so, uh, as far as stereotypically against that, is like, is no room for it almost. So, yeah, um, and and realistically, we're pretty tolerant of it because we all got they had that gay cousin, gay brother, sister, like it's there, you know what I'm saying? So they, it ain't like they fucking they fuck with people and make it like we so against it, but at the same time. Even if we don't fuck with it, we're 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 uh, used to it on a level. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like, uh, how do we? But on the same at the same time, the cooperation ain't there. So how do we even include that level of co- cooperation before we can even get to the next level? Omar, this is the area where I feel like the most divisiveness, divisive uh, tactics have been used because what you just said um, is exactly what it's been like. Um, homosexuality. LGBTQIAA, whatever you want to throw out there, has been in our community um, in a different way than it's been in everybody else's community as far as being um, uh, pressed onto or even conditioned onto people who may have not naturally been that identity. Um, that's, not a, that's not always talked about, but it's like, oh, nah, you had men who were being raped on slave ships. You had men who were being raped on slave plantations. So it wasn't necessarily that their natural being was gay. They were being made into gay lifestyles because of white men who owned them. Um, that's one part. And then you start adding in the part of um, religion and not accepting them. So now that you have this whole community who feels like we're inside of an oppressed community who don't, who don't fuck with us. So we oppress inside the oppressed. Mm. And, 
And I don't feel like that's always been the case or always is the case because of what you just said, Omar, as far as like, but my sister's gay and then my cousin's gay. So now we have all these, so is every family broken up? Yes and no. Um, we, are, we are dealing with it in a different way than people give us credit for. What I found as a scholar is that um, the more conversation I want to have about us as a community as a whole, um, it's been vice versa. LGBTQI is like, nah, you're not talking about us enough. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We haven't figured out heterosexual black men, heterosexual black women, um, or cisgender, however you want to use the uh, nomenclature, but you want me to just almost exclusively talk about this part of the community? We can talk about black people with everything wrong that's going on as far as being done to people. We don't have to exclusively talk about any intersecting identity. We could just say um, the, the country and systems are fucking up black people. Well, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting that uh, that whole um, lifestyle is being kind of highlighted and given kind of it's kind of the, the, the hot thing right now outside of the Muslim uh, situation which is probably hotter than the LGBT right now, but... I mean, could uh, you imagine Muslim tra- um, transgender? I mean, goodness. You, you, right, 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 in America, in the South. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, it's a situation where, you know, it's changing the fabric of everything, and, and you know, and we speak to fraternity, and we that that's, all, that's been a topic in recent kind of years and it's kind of like you know and we've been to the conferences and it's like well again it's this is not new in this situation well, every, <laughs> every year old 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 look like they about 60 year old dudes they sweet too so it's well, like it's a situation <laughs> where uh it's there already but i think it's a fear that that feminine uh uh face is gonna be put on the organization itself that's supposed to represent a more masculine and traditional thing, but I wonder what the kind of evolution of it is going to be. And yeah. you say that word tradition, like, because that makes me think about like anything that is out of the normal tradition of how like this systemic uh, kind of institution wants you to kind of abide by is 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 highly demonized. Like you were saying, like the LGBTQ community, that's not the, you know what I'm saying, traditional, that's not the normal thing that needs to operate within this agenda that's going on. So it's demonized. Just like black people, demonized. And also, too, like you were saying, the Muslim, uh, you know what I'm saying, community, demonized. So, like, I feel like when it comes to that, if, if there's a difference between between the agenda and, and you, you're going to be demonized regardless. But as far as, like, a collaboration that's coming together, I feel like a lot of labels need to be removed, a lot of uh, reverse propaganda needs to go on, so to say, because I feel like with those labels become certain thought patterns, and these certain thought patterns create certain behaviors, or in your mind, you feel like you ought to be able to behave in this way, when at the end of the day, we all are individuals on an earthly journey here to be able to like, raise each other's consciousness and move on to the next. Absolutely. And, and and I feel like people get uh, too caught in, I feel like we're a part of a pendulum swinging. That's how I conceive this whole thing. And um, as this pendulum has swung, um, we forget that at every point there's going to be emulation. Um, I feel like we've gone through this pendulum swing of um, a rise, or if you will, in the populations of LGBT, 
versus being, um, I don't even want to call it traditional because what we're seeing now is an emulation of what was more, what was a tradition. Um, mm. As far as the society right now is always going to be operating in balance because it's only being, it's only an emulation. It's only an emulation of things that we um, see very rarely and, and um, are still every once in a while there unpack something and say, oh, this person was androgynous or this, this god or goddess um, represents both this and this. It's like, well, um, we don't have the prayer view to understand it anymore. And that's intentional. Yeah. Well, I hope we can, um, in general, get this cooperation up because, you know, that's pretty much what everybody else is doing. They really, you know, you're hearing about, and I think I've spoken about this on a previous podcast, but people from other countries and other races, they definitely, especially if they come in from another country, they come over here, they'll, they'll live deep. They'll live 10 deep. You know, just and then get the spot and purchase the house, then move to the next oh. house. Ten D, oh. purchase the house until until everybody say all ten got a house in a in a well, short Omar, time. Well, my I've been beating my band and my family about this. One thing that <laughs> we don't take consideration is just what we were talking about earlier. Is like we've been told since we were kids, bruh, that we are supposed to get out here and get our own. Like don't uh uh-uh. uh, especially as men, we're all men in this. You know, when you turn eighteen, um, I hope you know like. Your bag's going to be packed, fam. Like, you need to find your space. And from a cultural sense, that's not bad. You know, that's – I understand that in the black community because at 18 or a certain ages, it's time for manhood. But, like, no one else is beating this band in their community. And it's only us that go out here and slave and struggle from this, you know, fast food restaurant or a retail job or – and there's people who, you know, got degrees too, like, just to have their own. And it's like – Bruh, I, my neighbors have three generations in the crib. Nobody got their quote unquote own. I know they fucking in there. I know they buying cars still. So it's like right. it's still, but we are just struggling to have our quote unquote own. It's interesting you say that. I have this conversation with so many people within my generation and younger, and this is also like a re- repeat conversation I have with my significant other. It's like because you you're saying like. In our community, we like <clears throat> kind of idealize that yeah, when you when you become a certain age or when some, there's a certain event that happens, you need to go out here and get it on your own. And like, there's a shift, and with with any shift, there needs to be adjustments and changes. Like, I'll be the first to go out and say, hey, I moved that back to my parents because right now I'm able to be in a space where I can build something to where like I is going to be to the point like if I want to, I'll buy my parents' trips from them. But I feel like there's something like so. So so shameful for some people to feel like, oh, if I go back to my parents' house and I stay in there and benefit myself, I'm I, I, I'm I'm less than. But in, in all reality, if you're going out and renting some some space, that's not your own plan. You feel me? Like I often tell people, like, hey, like me and you are in the same position. We don't own a crib. You rent. I don't. Like so, why not? You know what I'm saying? Like I said. It's a big, it's a big humility issue in my opinion, and the ego, and from an ego perspective, how about we all come back and do what's economically, you know, what I'm saying, sound and structure, regardless of what that may look like. But all good. That inflamed ego has been a product of that illusion of white supremacy for our community specifically, because even if we can be more affluent, well off, like I've heard these stories, and it blows my mind. Is like, oh, so <coughs> back home, 
after getting that eighty thousand dollar job because you didn't want to move into nothing less than a five hundred thousand dollars, you know, x x square foot place with x job, you know, x car. So you didn't want to dip in your lifestyle. So you went back home to maintain. And at the very least, we don't even see the value in going home to maintain ourselves after our financial investment in education. Um, and it's something that we we are told that after we leave a home and after we get out of you know out of our parents' uh, cruel and unusual punishment that we never have to go back, <laughs> we never have to engage with that anymore. And it's it's further from the truth. And I, I'm dealing with that myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really that's yeah. really interesting because I feel like more people would kind of like really benefit more from my like man because I call my house the Himalayas. So when I need to lock in, I'm I'm in the house all day, whether it's researching, reading, and then also too you have you know what I'm saying based on like your your family structure, you have that undying support you know what I'm saying net free, nice. where like you have that parent if you need this to uh, start this business they gonna they gonna find the bread to put up for you or you know what I'm saying giving you the bread yourself or they're gonna point you in different resources to make what you need to have uh, come afloat. I feel right. like a lot of people are not taking advantage of that. Well, because even their parents, it's, gener- it's intergenerational. Um, even their parents are not being given the proper tools to engage with adult children or their adult um, offspring, you know, as adults. Like, me and my mother just got to a place where I feel like she could live with me and understand that I'm a 30-year-old grown man. Um, so I'm going to do 30-year-old <laughs> grown man stuff. Um, and you, you're going to be around that and still exist. And I'm still going to understand you're my mother. I'm going to love you as much as I did, you know, in, with a child. Um, but I am the man of the house now, <laughs> you know, those kind of <laughs> things. Right. And see, that's even a, that's even a hard cooperation, especially from a, a black mother because she's Ooh. so used to running stuff. She, she really, especially, especially if she never, ever had it or did don't never really kept another male in the house like that. So it's like, if she used to be in top dog, it ain't about to be, even though you're a grown man, because me and my mom talk about it all the time. Like, simple things. If I, if I have a button light in front of her, she disrespected. So it's like, that's how she feels. So it's like, how do you get that cooperation? Because even, even, I mean, she's not on here. I said, I'm saying this now, but she's not on here defending herself. Right, right. <laughs> but she's not having it. She's really not having it. And even if right. so, even when we're talking about cooperation, because I've even had to try to have this conversation with my parents and say, you know, we could all live a way better lifestyle physically than together than we ever could separately. So if we're gonna do that, why not? Let's go look at some big houses that we could all move in. And um, right. you know, the, the, her 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 face turned up like, no, I ain't trying to, you know, this. and she 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 had a lot of reasons, but it's like she that particular generation that is so drilled in them, they not letting, they not coming up off of it. You know, you almost have yeah. to force it on them, where it's like, all right, this is what I done pulled off, and you are gonna come in here, but you know, people really <laughs> not for it. But even things like food, like, come on, you gonna save on food? Everybody putting in. You know, amount of food you're gonna have to cook anyway. That's bruh. But Omar, the crazy thing about it is we wouldn't be having this conversation like if there was a black community or neighborhood. Like you know, we barely have what you can call a neighborhood places. Like a black community, they can have that opinion, and you can go live elsewhere. Like I feel like 
we have so many options in, in the chaos that is black people that has been deconstructed by this system. And we don't understand, like, we used to really make it even in this country um, generations ago. Um, and now we're in a situation where we uh, almost can not only, not only buy our conditioning, but then also laws and things like that. Like, we're not even talking about the legality of having extra bodies in your house um, that now affect parents differently than back then. People knocking on your door to figure out who's, who's here and there. And, you know, like, you know, black men are the hardest people to find in America. And they've been trying to, they always trying to find us. Man. It's crazy. It's crazy in general. And I, 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 I really hope we really get on it, man, because even if it's not a situation where we're doing a whole, like a, a, a one space for everybody, at least a community, like a true community, because we're really lacking that generational wisdom being passed down and like that old man that's going to stop them kids from fighting or that's going to let them kids fight. You know what I'm saying? Judging of what the situation is. You know what I'm saying? It's like, right, 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 right. Now get them up. Get them up and take them on. But it's like, it's like, and make sure they dap it, make sure they dap it up, hug, whatever, all that. Like, that's what these, that's what these little kids for real need instead of letting them out here shoot it out. And it's like, that if we really can recreate that or start creating that and get everybody on the same page, because hell, it's set up already. It's Omar, already I, set it up, but there ain't no cooperation in the setup. So in my neighborhood, bro, like if you fought, you got to walk it back home because hey, if you beat them up too bad, you got to explain it to their mama. Right. <laughs> that, that was the craziest thing too. I was like, bro, this is gonna be a quick fight because I ain't really trying to explain to your mom like how you bloodied up and stuff like that. Like I got to take you home. Right. Right, right. Because right. I can't fight when I go home. <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. It's a wrap. Not so, like, I I would love to be that dude that has the big house that has mad generation of my family in there to be able to make sure like they have that infrastructure. So if anything is needed, they have a launch pad. Because I feel like that's what happens to a, a lot of our counterparts. Like, I knew a counterpart of mine, a white counterpart, who stayed in their crib, until, and they had a six-figure job. They're like, yep. like, why I got to move? Yep. And it works. No questions asked. Nobody's even putting pressure on them. Not and he's going to be in there. And, his parents, I mean, and the parents, cause his parents understand the idea that he can stack that bread and do so much more later we're on. We're talking about the – what we're focusing in on, too, y'all, is the – the urban or um, upper class version of this. We're not even talking about the rural, hey, I got this land, my house is small. You can pull your mm. trailer outside. Like That's what I deal with here in Athens, Georgia, where it's like, oh, bro, nah, this is a trailer outside my, my grandparents' house. And they own this trailer, so I'm not paying rent to them. I'm just living out here. I have a car. Like, oh, so you're making it. You, you, you earning your way up. I got you. Right. It's crazy in general that, like I said, that the, the the idea of and then the the thing like people want a big ass house and it's like it's just you and your significant other and maybe two kids. <laughs> what you need this big mansion for? Like that's retarded. That doesn't even make sense. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's like even with cars, it's like I understand wanting nice cars and driving nice cars and stuff, but it's like why would you purchase a a, a car that's hundreds of thousands of dollars? Like why? It's a car, like, I mean, but that's just me. Now, that's probably just a me thing, but at the same time, it's like, 
when you see the like 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 some of these people be saying, when you see some of these conditions, bruh, it's a whole lot of other shit you could have did with that hundred thousand dollars than buy a when fucking had, car. When you had generations in the house, Omar, you basically just passed cars down and you had people in the house that could fix them. Right. Facts. I'm driving the, the car that's been passed down. Because <laughs> the dude that live in the mansion, he driving an old beat up ass car, but he live in the mansion. See what, what and that's crazy. Just, just, just comparing like all good situation versus some of the others, you know. And I'm, I'm gonna talk generally. It's kind of like you gotta have a generation to set up the situation. Um, a that was going to college and getting yourself financially viable, owning your house and things like that. But you didn't have to have generations to reinforce the idea that we operate outside of white culture in our community. So I'm trying to go, not necessarily go back, but I'm trying to make sure that at every step, if there's a better way to do it with everybody, I'm going to take that step versus the step that is only going to benefit just me. So even having the idea of having to, like, if I could go back, I should have decided, nah, I'm not going to go off to college because even though that's dope, I can just go to college down the street because I can live at home. Right. Mm. I was taught that message of, no, you, you need to go off because you need to be by yourself and grow up and become a man. It's like, no, bro, I was all of that from Greensboro. Right. <laughs> I was all that in Greensboro, so there was nothing I got, went out and got, per se. I went out and learned the white world and how to survive by myself in that bullshit. But other than that, I didn't get any benefits. <laughs> Right. Right. I also was uh, puzzled with the question. They were like, yo, you didn't want to leave the city? I'm like, yo, you know, Charles, one, is a great institution. Two, I, I'm right up the road if I need something. I'm like, why? Right. I, I don't I don't see why would I leave my support system yeah. to prove something Y'all that not I don't have to prove. Anything good to go on. <laughs> right. <laughs> and the crazy part is they know that. That's why they push the idea as a dream and give you all the loans in the world so that you can make it happen even if you don't got nothing. And we're give back, you everything you need. <laughs> and connecting this back to the there was a thirty for thirty broke. And in that thirty for thirty broke, uh, it was talking about how when one person gets gypped in the NFL or NBA or MLB, instead of telling the homeboy like, hey man, that's bad business, he just gonna run your pockets, you almost put somebody else on. So I had to start start evaluating that at the, within my life like Man, when I was teaching, I started telling kids, like, bro, college is, you can go or you cannot go, fam. Like, it ain't going to make or break you. Like, your life will go on. You may have a little, you'll have more difficulty, maybe. You find, if you if you navigate it differently than I did, hey, do it your way. Like, I'm not going right. to sign you up for these loans just because I got signed up for these fuck-ass loans. Nah, man, that's <laughs> not the way to do it. You don't sign somebody up for some shit that you done been through. Right. Not at all. Not at all. Like I often tell people, like when I go out and speak, they're like, "Yo, like, um, should I go to college?" I'm like, "Man, it's gonna be a decision up to you." Like, so if if, if right now, say for instance, like I know I want to be set up to where like my children, they're not dealt with the pressure. Like I, like you know, what I'm saying, kind of I was like to go to college and get a degree. Right. I wanted to be somewhat of a set of like, "Hey, all right, either you can take this loan for me and go start a business." Or you can take this loan from me and go to college. You know what I'm saying? This is this right. is your decision. It, it should be something purely that you chase out of your interest and your passion. Because I feel like at the end of the day, if you if, if you start listening to that inner voice, it's going to make a way for you to be where you need to be. Absolutely. Yeah, man. It's, it's 
it's, it's interesting again, as it always is. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, it always is, man. Uh, but I mean, a lot of our parents were not allowed or given the the proper knowledge to knowledge not only in yeah. their in personal savings and ways of navigating the social shit, but even in their persons to to do what um, all good parents are doing, um, especially having that balance. Because you know, parents could do it, but it's like, well, for some parents' household, your 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 teenage years are just extended. They're not allowing you to be an adult. Like I've heard, you know, you see it in shows, but I've I've had coworkers who were married or engaged inside someone else's home, and it's like, oh no, nah, we waiting to get our house, bro. We got two more right. years out of here. Right. Mm. That's about to put a good little chunk on it. Right. Oh no, we buying the house. When they say buy the house, they don't mean like how we, you know. Our young professionals, they bought a house, which means they put down the down payment. They're going to pay their mortgage per month. They might lose it. No, no. These people bought the house. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, when we, left, we went out of our parents' house, we got the deeds <laughs> on the other house. So right. now this owns this house and land. <laughs> right. We're going to be here for the Depending on how uh, good you got it, hell, the parent. If I'm the parent, and I'm thinking about my my situation, it's like, you know, even put through the alley oop. It's like it got to be the alley oops, the alley oops, because now we the ones who, like you said, like they, they alley does with the stability and the mental focus to be able to focus on school and be smart, <laughs> and then the opportunity to go to college. So now we got to alley oop that. Like that college shit ain't gonna be shit. It ain't shit now, but it really ain't going to be shit and as time go on because uh, people going to keep hacking life. Like, all these life hacks and all that. Like, people people not going to sit back no more and get robbed and raped every day when it comes to just general shit. Like, you really charging me this much just to change my spark plugs? No, I think I can YouTube video this and do it my damn self. Like, I, well, are you serious? Like, it's, just not, it's not that serious. Like, it is, it is, it is, it's really a situation where, man, I think the next level of it is going to have to be the acquisition of more kind of property um, just so everybody can, because I think if people can feel that sense of ownership, then they may be more willing to cooperate versus pretty much trying to survive. And pretty much like you, it's it's almost like you have living because you got so much pulling at you. um, You can't even focus on the thing that you need to focus on to be successful sometimes anyway. Facts, facts, big facts. Like it's interesting you say that because like I think right now in my opinion we live in one of the most beautiful ages, like the age of information. How like if there's there's if there's anything you want to know and like if you don't know it, I just think you're pretty much lazy because you have YouTube, you have things like before I jumped on the call, it's called Skillshare, where I'm learning how to make a Facebook marketing ad campaign. And you you have all these books where they're like. <clears throat> You know what I'm saying? Well, you need to take the time and invest that to go outside the extra mile. But also, too, I feel like the double entendre that um, when we live in the information age is also, too, the age, you know what I'm saying, of instant gratification. So if we can't have it now, we don't want it. Right. And adding to that, we're in the information age, this is also disinformation. I remember, you know, as we start to grow, um, I remember when the internet used to be like, oh, it's on the internet, man. It's true. They don't put stuff up that ain't true. The government. <laughs> <laughs> like, right, right. 
hey, that was a lie then. <laughs> and, right. It's a, you know, a total lie now. So um, even in that instant gratification, uh, as I was teaching students, they used to like, if it's not in the first five, then it's not it. And it's like, actually, depending on what you're looking for, you might need to go to the, through the top 30. <laughs> right. You, know, you might need to go through pages of it because um, of the misinformation or disinformation that will be present in there. Like, it, my Google history is always interesting because it's kind of like I look up certain things that you probably shouldn't Google, but then it's like you have to go through <laughs> the right information because sometimes it, it will be EDU sites, .gov sites, but this topic alone um, gets so much misinformation and so politicized or so many opinions that, bruh, it, it's, it's frustrating. Facts. Big facts. Man. Overall, I just really hope that we can get people to cooperate uh, more because we got we really got a lot to do when it comes to this um, in general. Because, like I said, even within that our chapter, like if you took if you just took '05 to uh, 2011, I don't even I just say '05 to '07, hell, or '08. And you 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 collected that, or even if you took the math, it's just a ridiculous. Omar, uh, Omar, before we cut, before you cut it off, like the fucked up part about it is I had to come to the truth that that's why they created fraternities at that time. Oh, our energy would be diverted to that type of stuff when we came together versus that ooh we ooh a five a you know that bullshit. If that was what we were doing, like at, at the time period we're in, we would have naturally created a fraternity or a student group, but that's what the shit they was on in 1906 initially. Mm-hmm. As, it, as it's gone on, it's now just for fun. and pl- So we're not really doing shit. Right. <laughs> right. Right. And that's the, well, I mean, they and they doing their thing on the, you know, certain fronts, but it's still like, man, come on. Yeah, like, we ain't doing shit. <laughs> <laughs> it looked good. And we get, I mean, we get also... When you go back to what the founders, uh, or even then, like the founding is skeptical, a but even the founders were fi- were were trying to um, counter a, a, a system of white a losing the white supremacy um, differently than the fraternity does now. The fraternity now, if you look at the program, it's like we want to build the system up with black people in it. Voteless people, the hopeless people. We already know vote don't fucking gather. You know what I'm saying? Like, go to high school, right. go, to college, go to high school, go to college, get fucking loans. Come on, alphas, we right. need to get on some new shit. You see what I'm saying? Like, our energy would have been going to different areas, and we go through all fraternities, sororities, if you want to. But I'll take out my own because I'm a part of it. Like, uh-huh. you know, this is what this is why they made fraternity sororities, and they've let them last this long because you occupy your time thinking you're doing something, but you ain't doing shit. Mm. That's what gets yeah, frustrating yeah. for people like us three. After a while, being in a chapter and being around a brother, we'd be like, nah, bro, like, I feel like we could still do more after this. Like, we got together as powerful individuals, energies, and spirits on this journey, and we should be talking about more than um, go to high school, go to college the next 20 years. Facts. Even these trips, we said we need to start making these trips uh, more focused and, like, really making it a retreat and getting shit done instead of it can't be fuckery the whole, whole, whole time. Right. We too old for that anyway. We about to because we ain't making it. We really we see we ain't making it all the way through the whole weekend. Might as well get some business done. <laughs> and eat, and eat good. At least one good meal at a five star, four star. 
Right. Oh, that's, a, Omar, that's the scary part about us in a natural being setting. Like, throughout all this experience that we've been talking about, we're talking about how as individual collectivists naturally, that every time something doesn't sit with our spirit well, our spirit literally fights it off. So we keep trying to bring our family in the shit, even though we know, like, they not own the shit they're supposed to be on, or or we try to bring our homeboys in the shit. Like, you know there's a homeboy you try to bring in the shit, you're like, he's not a team player, but I'm going to try to teach him through this experience. It don't work. Right. We keep trying to go back to our natural selves to build this collective um, that has individuals holding up their end, but we, we keep forgetting that we're inside of this bullshit. <laughs> We got, we got, we got to make our way out this bullshit. Like I said, that shit just frustrating to me. Uh, I can't, I don't know. It just, but, but, but it's, it's like I said, the potential be there, and I want to believe in it, and I do believe in it. But it's just like I said, trying to get people on the same page because it's exhausting, and that's the other part too. Like you got to have the endurance for this. You can't even just, you know what I'm saying? You, you can't think. It's not for the lighthearted fella. But, but, right. that's why, but that's why they keep one thumb on those in different institutions because um, similar to war war theaters, these are powder kegs. So to have a Delta Sigma Theta and the Alpha Phi Alpha and the Kappa Alpha Psi, like these are going to have to be powder kegs because this is still a collective that once that tone switch or that energy switch, even in the small scale, this can mobilize in a different way than people are normally accustomed to. So it's still like every time some shit go down, they go straight to the sororities, fraternities, and organizations and schools. You know, they go all the way to all the places that they know they that we already occupy and believe in the bullshit. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you have Alpha right. statement, you know, and Kappa's like, don't do nothing crazy. Let's peaceful protest. And, you know, right. Shit, right. Right. And I was about to say, that's crazy how they manipulate the influence. Like, it's almost like the rappers too. Like we're taking it back to the rappers. Like you already got it. You don't need it. You don't need no and nobody else. So even if y'all said, "All right, well, we're not gonna represent Alpha no more," if y'all really them dudes on campus for real, it ain't gonna matter. You know right. what I'm saying? So it's like so it's like a, when you realize that hip hop, like these niggas don't care no more because they're not even taking our money no more. Right. Right. Don't need it. They don't need it. <laughs> so it's like it's the whole idea of it. Like I said, it's just it's just crazy because looking at like you said, what the product could be is like, man, that's a pre, that's a that's, that's that's a waste of time almost um, to do it to do it how you did it. Um, but yeah, um, I wanted to I wanted to talk about one more thing. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of just a shift, a complete shift in gear. Uh, did y'all see this boy Trump uh, go into that uh, signing ceremony for the executive order, and he didn't even sign this shit, bro? <laughs> did you Damn. see that? Nah, it's just, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What? <laughs> he went into an executive order signing ceremony. He spoke to the press, said if great things were going to happen, Said thank you and walked out the room. They tried to stop him. He turned around and just looked at dude and said something and just kept on walking. Did not sign the executive order. What is this? On some real, bruh. There's nothing else. Like, people are really like, 
This may be, be a little bit like dark, but this has got to be funny if nothing else. Like if this is how it ends, like it's a it's it's a comedy. You gonna end laughing? Right. <laughs> right. Right. Cause it's embarrassing. It's oh, embarrassing. It's embarrassing <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure this like, real international. I kind of want to go on a trip to see what other countries are saying about us. <laughs> oh man, you probably can find that on YouTube, and it's probably disgusting. <laughs> They're probably laughing so hard. <laughs> Now we laugh when we see the racist dude get knocked out on YouTube. You got to keep rewinding it back. That's how they laughing. Look at this. I mean, but it, I don't. Uh, and it's on a serious note, like to me, this is perfect, man. Like this is like there's no other president that I would want at this time because I don't feel like the country the country hasn't deserved the front that we've been putting up for so long. So like this is yeah. what we've deserved all these like. Throughout history, when I've been teaching about U.S. presidents and shit like that, like, this is how they really were. Like, we were talking about Andrew Jackson and shit like that. Like, we don't know how he really was. Let's keep the highlights. Nah, this is how this motherfucker was. Right. <laughs> Racist. <laughs> stupid. Right. On a but, thousand. Privilege is powerful. <laughs> right. Back. You need you need to see shit at its worst before you can even begin to want to repair it. Like, <laughs> for real. Like, I, I was talking to my pops about it. I was like, dude, like, I don't know why anything he does really gets on the skin. Like, it should not be a surprise. Like, I, don't put nothing past the dude. Like, because, like, what you bring up, oh, like, I, that's the first I heard of it, but I, I don't put it past him. Like, I expect <laughs> nothing but that from him. And it's not even, like, a personal attack, but it's like he's already showed his part. Like, he right. showed it's like, all right, cool. I'm the president. It's, quote, unquote, supposed to be the, you know, leader of the free world. Uh, let me. What what do I want to do today? All right, who I want to tweet at tonight before I go to bed? You know what I'm saying? Like, who I want to clap right. at? Who, who I want to aggravate today? Like, what? Right. Because like, right. In, in all honesty, I was really hoping, dude. You know what I'm saying? After he switched up his rhetoric, you know what I'm saying? To get in there to really take this moment to build a legacy. You know what I'm saying? For himself in a positive light. But hey, I guess I gave to do too much credit. Yeah, because like you said, he showed his card. <laughs> he it's doing exactly of, what he doing. And there's been a lot of play on language. Like, um, there'd be other people who would trouble the waters with that and say he is building a legacy because it's kind of this, like, resurgence of whiteness. And that's something yeah. that we haven't really seen since, like, the 50s. Like, the last time, like, white people knew who they were or, or at least thought they knew who they were and could hang their hat on it was, like, leave with the beaver, man. Like, right after leave with the beaver during the 60s and 70s, like, black people start being cool again, which we never stopped being, but it was like, nah, y'all y'all haven't seen this, like, Motown funky shit yet, and then, right. like, they haven't, like, they haven't been white people since. They've been trying to be white people, it's like, but that hip-hop is hitting. Pop music is oh. hitting, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> man, bro, even, the even the culture, culture, like, oh my, God. my dude, Daryl Rucker is, is, is one of the biggest things in the country, bro, like, come on now, like... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're not gonna take no L's. We're not gonna take no L's <laughs> at the end of the day. We're not taking no L's still. Right. Even if we, even when we lose and we win it, but it's, it's 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 the manipulation of it and the control of it. That's the part. Then we we letting other people set the tone for records. Like how y'all letting people who like? I mean, I know some of these record industry dudes. They you know they they dudes who. 
they really into hip hop. And at this point, a lot of them probably was raised on hip hop, but you're still not a part of that culture like that. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, how are you able, how are you the person that's the maker for this culture that's pretty much a black culture? And the fact that you ain't black, I, and that's, that's kind of fucked up to say, but I feel like that's the one thing that's our culture. And you're going you gonna, you gonna to have people that's not a part of it making the decisions. That don't even make sense. It should be, a, the, the room should be full with nothing but people of color. I'm going to be my Omar, because, because that's what I feel, and I'm going to stand on it because we can. Um, hip-hop is the one country that if, when you come in here, and you could be a citizen, you can get naturalized and shit, but if you're not black or brown, and especially black, you can never be governor or president. So when it comes right. to those top five and top ten lists, I'm sorry, Eminem. I'm sorry, Macklemore. I'm sorry, uh, X, Y, and Z. It's going to be all top, easy. top five <laughs> black men and women. This is what's going to be. We don't get shit else. <laughs> right. Right. And they and I still I still don't like how they give Eminem that rap god thing. I was like, y'all mean Eminem nice, but come on, man. Y'all think it ain't a rapper out there that we ain't never heard of? It's, like I said, a sixteen year old probably smash on Eminem somewhere. Eighteen year old. Eminem's alright if you like his content, but if you don't like his content, it just sounds like oh this nigga just he just talks a lot. It's a white yeah. boy. It's a shit. He don't have a particular style. He don't have a particular rhythm. He don't have a particular uh-huh. like, oh, nah, his kid's going to be dope. No. He just wraps his ass off about grotesque shit that white exactly. people like. So, right. He's almost about like a punk rock. Like, like, you understand? Cynthia wasn't having me killing my mom music going on in her crib. Right. <laughs> and then how do you even listen to all of that all day? Like, all right. oh, that's what you listen to? Like, it's, I mean, like I said, he's lyrical. But, like, I, my one of my favorite Biggie songs is Dead, Dead, Wrong. And I know every word of that Eminem verse. But that verse is trifling as hell. Like, it's like, a, come on, man. Like, you, you want a verse with, you want a song with a legend. But, I mean, even though it's not like that, like, it wasn't like that, like that. But you want a song with a legend and, um, you 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 really still on the whole like I said that but that's his whole mo and to so give him that crown like that is hard. Yeah, one of my favorite verses from him is like mad grotesque on the uh, Dr. Dre two thousand one of uh, the current two thousand one when he's talking about riding around with his wife that's dead in the whip having a wave right, and shit. Right. That was my favorite verses. Yeah, even the, even that Stan Dido uh, joint, like that's a, <laughs> bruh, he's about to go kill her at the end of the song. You know that, right? Right. When I was in middle school hooping, people like I was at Eastern Guilford. Oh, you know about it. I, I, yeah. I, people were coming up <laughs> so hard, and it was like, all right, I'm gonna try to give it a chance. It could not get me hyped before a basketball game. I was like, bro, it's kind of confused energy because it doesn't it doesn't sit well. Like, he talking no. about killing his girlfriend, talking about killing his mom. He kind of loves his daughter, I think. I'm not sure. <laughs> about that Yo. <laughs> um, like, it was a lot of baby killing. Like, it was stuff that I was like, I'm hearing around me because I'm at Eastern Guilford, but I don't identify with culturally. Right. Thanks. So whenever the conversation of him being, like, one of the top five rappers, I was like, y'all, his flow is nice, but um, even content-wise, I've heard better. That's because it right. like other cats, they content hit me better than Eminem's content. Like I won't 
force his content to be that nice to me. <laughs> I'll put Kendrick up against uh, Eminem. Oh, Kendrick <laughs> <is> what? <laughs> All day. Hold on. Kendrick All versus day. Eminem, and Kendrick is ready for whoever wanted. <laughs> exactly. He said, y'all got I don't need- to get y'all shit together. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Think that Kobe, like, uh, disrespectful, I don't care that Michael Jordan played for the Wizards age. <laughs> right. Right, <laughs> and I hate Kobe. <laughs> yeah, he he, and like, cause cause it ain't worth reaching into the uh, it ain't worth reaching into the real uh box, the big box for the for 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 one of the living legends. And nah, like, he oh, somebody... Omar, have you heard his last joint when he called out Jay Z? No, no, no. Oh, I haven't. I have not. But what I'm saying is, when Eminem is like people that like they put him so high, it's people that. Is, Right below him, that or that's that talked about like right below him, that like not even he not even worthy of going against. So you can pull a young dude like Kendrick. I ain't saying Kendrick trash. Kendrick be spitting. I just feel like I feel like Kendrick now is in that. Um, if you're gonna start taking cats out in the prime of your career, he's like a LeBron James after he beat Boston that first time or Detroit that first time. And it was like, yo, for real, like I hope y'all know this about to be this the next six seven years. Like, that's where Kendrick Lamar yeah. is right now as far as lyrically and the talent that he's going to show. I don't know if it's going to show up on albums, but this is a time period where I feel like he got enough popularity that if you want to take shots at cats that been gassed up or who then got older and think they still gassed up, now's the time. And people forget that even when Jay-Z was going to Nas, like, Nas was a little bit more established historically in hip-hop than Jay-Z. So it was a step up Back. for Jay-Z to take the crown from or take the knife to the god or king, whatever you want to say, during that time period. So it's time. Like, Jay-Z got to get this work at some point in time. Y'all know that, right? Like, I right. got <laughs> Like, because, like, my thing about it, it's really hard to, like, to come at Kendrick because what Kendrick, like, raps about and how it pushes the culture forward, how, like, you know what I'm saying, how he addresses a lot of issues that black people on a daily basis don't look to address. Nope. Then, you know what I'm saying, he can come and make a track and rip apart your favorite rapper. In my opinion, he's like the West Coast J. Cole because I feel like J. Cole has the same ability to, to be able to speak on these type of topics. And, like, if you want it, you're you going to come get it. Yeah, I'm still I'm still getting uh, familiar with Kendrick. Uh, QB put me on. Amazing. Um, oh, he's amazing. I rock with some of that I've heard, uh, for sure, especially some of the older stuff. But um, um, in general, Eminem get the gas and it be crazy. Like a again, uh, Fab, I feel like lyrical and it might smash on Eminem if he got the time to focus on him. You know what I'm saying? It's like y'all really y'all really wilding by saying he's the rap god. And then it's also Andy. ironic that the rap god would be a, a, a pretty much Jesus. He look like Jesus. <laughs> 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 would you would you say they give him that title more so because of his longevity and like also his success as far as his albums are, are are per se? But listen to an Eminem album, man. It'd be like they be built, <laughs> like the hook be there. He don't do no hooks, or when they be they be Eminem hooks, like they be super weird. Like it's hard to even it's hard to even consider it. But it's all, I, I pretty much think because he a white dude that got bars. And they yeah. can pretty much rap about anything, but it's like it's other so many people that can do that. He and Papoose can rap. He got bars. He can rap about anything. Like, come on, man. 
man. I, I listened after that first album, the Slim Shady. I listened to it. Mm-hmm. I was Gilford, and I was like, "Oh, I see what y'all doing. Like this dude is a hype, <laughs> but this is not right. that good. Um, especially topics wise. Like literally, I feel like Eminem is the infusion of those that you were talking about, Omar. That oh, I listened to hip hop growing up. It's like, oh no, 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 you listen to Eminem growing up. Um, <laughs> hip hop, and I want you to think that you got ownership over the culture because you're a huge Eminem fan. <laughs> right. Because it's not the same. Like, you're it's Eminem, Jay-Z, and Nas, like, you're Eminem, Jay-Z, Nas, Tupac fan. I'm not saying disrespect, right. but I'm saying, like, you're 24, <laughs> and I feel like you're trying to show me, you're trying to project something that you're not. And do you know how many white males and females call themselves put me on rappers? Like, oh, you don't know who such and such is? I'm going to make you a mix CD. Like, you don't need to make me a mix CD. Because I don't want to hear that trash that you, that you, that you call yourself put me on. Some old trip hop type. Like, oh, okay, this is garbage. I would never listen to this. You don't know who Cameron is? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's a mix CD. I've that. Oh, man. I'm talking about these. And, what, well, like I said, I knew, I knew it was real when I got pulled up at the gas station here. Gucci Man bumping from the other side. Walk around, it's like a little five-two white girl. <laughs> hey man, not no new Gucci, some old Gucci. I was like, oh okay. Yes, yeah, sir. Back to what, two thousand five to two thousand nine, when he was putting out mixtape after mixtape after mixtape. Right, right. But see, those those like Gucci to me are the ones that are, are the most threatening to the other side because. What y'all speaking to is like people really rock with Gucci. Like Gucci was authentic. Like whenever I had students who were at Concord High School, like no Mr. B, like Gucci's kind of changing my life. Like white male, white female students. I'm like, nah, I kind of feel because like you're so into it now. Like he's a folk uh, hero as much as anything else, and I think that's a part of the reason why he got locked up. Mm. Well, that nigga's Ooh, different. Now. That's an interesting point. Him and Boosie were very special as far as they were the second generation of the internet culture. You got to remember Soldier Boy and, 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 and Afro Man, kind of first generation. But you got to remember Boosie and them had that kind of mix. Okay, keep me went out. No, they had everything at their disposal that they didn't even really need to do. Like, Gucci didn't need to sign with nobody, really. Yeah. Then was like, Jeezy uh, was the last one that I feel like coming out of Atlanta – kind of needed to sign with somebody like Puff Daddy without the internet buzz. You guys, you guys remember, like, during the, the early, you know, Snowman era, that was before the internet. Everybody had – some people still had dial-up. You know what I'm saying? YouTube was still <laughs> new. You know what I'm saying? Like, but by the time Gucci and, and Boosie and them were coming out, like, bruh, like, you literally are hearing about these cats, and, and they're introducing new cats as they are jumping on, like, Webby and OJ Juice, man. You know what I'm saying? It's just a lot. Yeah, and they, uh, bruh, Boosie was like the damn Southern Tupac for a little bit. Swear right. to God. Swear to God. Like, everybody was all like, you, wild, you couldn't man. go downtown and not hear a Boosie playing out of somebody's car. And it was black people, white people, and Boosie was talking big shit. <laughs> like, guns Bro. and women and drugs. Like, Bro. and that's pretty much what it was. It's like, dang, that's crazy. And he was independent. And it was just like, how this dude, he just, and with that high-pitched voice, it was just like, but he was, and I hated his music, 
But my brother kept saying, listen to it, listen to it, listen to it. And I listened to it. And he got some real songs. Like, some of his songs, as far as the topic, and and he's spitting some truth. He's spitting some real shit. Like, so it's interesting. Like you said, he get locked up. I was a a classroom teacher when Boosie got hot. So I think I became a hater at that that time. It took me a while outside the classroom. (laughs) Cause like I was I was in undergrad and in high school during the Gucci time, you know what I'm saying? So then right. Booster came along. I'm a classroom teacher, so I'm seeing it from the other side. Where I'm like, what the right. fuck? Yo, right. this person right. is taking out like on a journey somewhere, and black, white, Hispanic don't matter. I'm hearing this everywhere. This is scary. <laughs> right, right. And this, and this, I got this, a question. This. Like, why do you feel like like that? that tone of music is more widely accepted than what we call, I guess, our quote-unquote conscious rappers or, like, rappers that's really trying to, like, like or rap groups that's really trying to put you on to something. Like, um, for, exa- for example, like, my LBs were, like, mad, like, perplexed that, like, I had the new Tribe Called Quest album. I'm like, yo, this is gold. You, you feel me? Like, y'all ain't listening to this? Right. Like, and, or, like, when I try to, like, tell my, my, my mom brother, yo, it's not all about trap. Like, how about you go check out the Childish Gambino album, Awaken My Love, Fire. You know what I'm saying? So it, right. it, it, it's, it's weird to me how, like, trap music, like, I, I guess, like, from my age and, like, as far as, like, where I'm trying to go within, like, the culture is still, like, heavily, 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 heavily praised. No, get me wrong. I love trap music. You feel I me? Mean? I, I do. But I feel like I am a, a non-discriminatory listener. So right. I, I can listen to it and understand its uses and enjoy it. But I'm not gonna like let it influence my day or like how my actions. Or I'm not gonna listen to it every damn day. You feel me? Well, AKA I, the radio. I mean, the first thing is that I feel like we have a, a bad definition of trap music. My favorite rapper is Ti, who's one of the like um, founders of the new genre, if you will. Even though it came out before even him. Um, one thing about his album, trap music, is like the trap music wasn't supposed to be about selling and and fucking these street hoes and all. It wasn't. It wasn't about that entirely. Like, part of mm. being trap music was supposed to be, like, we ended up in this situation, and we're trying to escape the situation. So this is – it's it's called trap music. Like, Outkast even talked about, it, like, it's, nobody wants to be in a trap. Not so at all. I even talk about trap music in a way that people want to be here. I'm being disingenuous. Like, Pimp C and Bum B would talk about that B side of the game where it's like, no, I'm being disingenuous if I talk about um, getting money and selling drugs without getting jammed up for a night or – or, you know what I'm saying, like, doing uh, uh, 30 days or doing three months, you know what I'm saying, doing it sometime that's not going to be enjoyable. So uh, I feel like going to your question supremely um, real quick, um, because of being influenced so much by the illusion of white supremacy and inherit so much from their culture, trap music and that don't give a fuck music, like 21 Savage said, feeds that warrior, um, brutish spirit, that is indigenous in one culture and is taught in another. Mm. So it's so popular across so many genres because, like, um, the other side, it feeds they, like, I want to go in the hood and kill black people. Like, it's, it's terrible to say it that way, but it feeds that idea. Um, while for black people who have learned this either through neglect, and benign, well, benign neglect, or even through um, going to college and learning business tactics or going to the military and learning fighting tactics, they love trap music because they get to be brutish and savage too. It, tra- it helps them tap into that mode, is what you're right, saying. Right, right. 
Especially when you add the uh, chemical components. Woo! Now we get oh. somewhere. Now we get somewhere. Perkins. Mm-hmm. Molly Perkins. Even before that, we're just talking about McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's, Churches. Like, right. Because <laughs> that's really um, Walgreens, CBS. Um, what, what other, like, because you got people out here who. Bro, I barely take algae medicine, but you got people out here who pop pills to around the clock who are 25 years old. Right. Like I, take, I take an Adderall in the morning, a Silitor. You know, they got so many medicines because they depend on the pill-popping generation before us. Yeah, man, that's, it's, it's, it's crazy. And that's crazy that that song is like the song and everybody fuck with it. And I knew, I knew it was real. Like I said, uh, uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, YG had that uh, uh, song with Kendrick where he was like, uh, take a... Uh, oh, really be drinking, really be smoking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, sprinkle some molly in and take that to the face. It's like, somebody really going to get that, like, for the first time just because he heard him say that. Like, oh, I'm going to try that. Like, you don't even do my right. bro, what are you talking about? Like, right. <laughs> don't do it. And that's a really interesting song, too, because I was like, if y'all ever get a time to watch no- uh, Noisy that come on Vice, watch Noisy yeah. Bompton. And uh, they'll go behind, like, the meaning of that song is talking about, like, how that culture, like, of the black community is, is go- going through so much, like, PTSD, quote-unquote, that they that, that's what they do to self-medicate, to get away, to, to stay away from the trouble, to stay away from all the lows, and, and you know what I'm yep. saying, the pains and the ills of the game. I'm like, yo, that's nuts. I, I saw that all good. That's noisy. Um, I, I have back and forth relationship with these kind of like documentary style generation that we're into, but they that's do a good job of not allowing the narratives to be um, somewhat told outside of the common narrative. Mm-hmm. It's crazy, yeah. These these dudes definitely be uh, all peeled up, and they've said even talking about the tattoos and ODing on the tattoos, like really on some other shit. Like really, that's that's not really. Oh my, that was our generation. That we did. That was well, Wayne Wayne the one who really got everybody on it. Like you saw outside right. of there were a few athletes, but and it, but the but as far as being tatted, tatted, rock star tatted. Omar, Wayne, everybody's tatted now. Omar, yeah, we were the, we were the Allen Iverson. Rapper generation, so you like we started that shit. Like I remember mm-hmm. niggas in high school having full sleeves and chest tattoos, bro. Right, <laughs> right, right. Hey, hey, Greensboro raw, bro. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> full, hey, full chest, full couple neck tats. Yeah, I, I in my high school it was like, and I'm not talking about like one or two. Everybody know I'm talking about like now it's a good group of guys who had full sleeves by the end of high school. Oh my god. Yeah, it, it, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. Uh, and even Wayne switching to the from the baggy to the uh, skinny to the super skinny, <laughs> that was crazy. Uh, watching all of that and the effect that it had because it's in full effect now, for sure. But um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and uh, jump in this last word. Um, so my last word for the night, man, is uh, I hope everybody. Uh, took some away from what was discussed tonight. Uh, I hope somebody at least felt some kind of spirit of cooperation, and even if it's a menial thing, uh, 
try to go ahead and see what you can do to try to cooperate with the people around you so that y'all can all have a better reality and a better, uh, just a better mindset to be able to function and do the things you need to do um, to be successful and to serve the purpose that you stand here to do. That's real, Omar. I kind of want to. I kind of want to echo that same sentiment. Um, that if uh, collectiveness is on your uh, list of goals uh, as as a part of your journey here, um, try to find ways to make your number one goal. Um, that's kind of the journey I'm on as far as trying to fully integrate my community and communal uh, idea of community into my individual uh, worldview and making that into my reality. So if that's on your if that's on your goal list, let's try to find a way to make it number one. Facts, facts. My last word would be like on this whole subject of community collectivism. Um, it starts with love. Um, you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> love yourself, and then also try to see love in others. And so that will paint a better perspective of your brother and your sister, and you'll be more willing to trust them and cooperate and help them. We're 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 with that. Thank y'all for joining us for another version of King Vision. Peace. I look forward to never backwards. Holla.